0: well good morning friends welcome to myers park united methodist church on this beautiful sunday morning my name is nancy watson i'm privileged to be one of the pastors here at myers park and it's my privilege to welcome you this morning of all the places that you could have been you've chosen to be here with us whether you're here in person or joining us online and i want you to know how much we appreciate that and how much we value your presence and in that same way of thinking if you would be so kind as to let us know that you're here there are different ways to do that on the aisle end of each pew here in the sanctuary is an, is a pad if you will take that and sign in and pass it down the row if you're at home there is a link online where you can sign in and let us know that you're attending and if you're um, technologically adept there is a QR code on the back of your bulletin and you can use your telephone and let us know you're here. It's a way for us to connect with you to make sure that you know that there is a place for you here, that there is a a ministry for you to be part of and that you are among friends and that you are most welcome. And one of the other privileges I have is working with my friend, Dr. Uyan Kim, and I invite him to welcome
1: you too. So grateful to be together, friends, as we continue to encounter the presence of God. As always, we invite your attention to this week's e-newsletter and the bulletin for a variety of ministry that's happening at Marsh Park United Methodist Church. One thing I wanted to highlight for you to stay, uh, Nancy Watson, the, our very own, she retired uh, this weekend at annual conference, but she will be returning to be with us. Uh, she's not done with us yet and we're certainly not <laughs> done with her. We're so grateful that she'll be continuing to serve with us, uh, focusing specifically on pastoral care ministry alongside Pastor Bill. We're so grateful for that. We want to celebrate her. And honor her. So following today at nine forty five, so this service, after this service, and after eleven o'clock service in the parish lobby, we're gonna have a reception to celebrate a pastor Nancy and just congratulate her for her years of witness and service. We hope to see many of you there after church. It is good that we are here mm-hmm. to worship God together. Let us continue to prepare our hearts. let be united as the children of God in confessing our faith in the faith of the Christian Church through the Apostles' Creed as printed in our bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, We are reminded always of God's goodness, that God is quick to forgive, to be gracious unto us. So let us be united in our hearts as we pray the prayer of confession as printed in our bulletin. Let us join together. Holy God, breathe new life into us. Where there is idleness, inspire growth. Where there is distraction, guide us towards you or there is bitterness, shower us with grace. May your love transform us, O oh Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while you're yet still sinners. That proves God's love toward all of us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are glory to God. Amen. <laughs>
2: Testament reading is Genesis chapter 18 beginning with the first verse. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of memory as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, My Lord, If I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread, that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on, since you come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it, and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant, who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he prepared and set it before them and he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, Where's your wife Sarah? And he said, There in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age, it had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, Oh, yes, you did laugh. This is the word of God for the people of God.
0: We are almost at that time of the year where we can easily imagine sitting in the heat of the day. Imagine sitting on your front porch. Do do people do that anymore? (laughs) Imagine sitting on your front porch in the heat of the day, perhaps enjoying a break from working in the yard, maybe sipping on a glass of iced tea. The heat shimmers off the sidewalks and off of the driveway and maybe there's just the hint of a breeze. And you see three guys walking down the sidewalk past your house. What's your response? Do you respond at all? I know that I'm not sure what I would do nowadays, but in the past we might, might have waved and said, hey, we're in the south after all, hey. Maybe even say, come set a spell and we'd offer them some iced tea or some cold water. But certainly in Abraham's time, strangers would be welcomed as guests. Hospitality was a core value for them. Guests were to be served well and protected, even ahead of family. So Abraham is sitting in front of his tent in the shade of the trees, perhaps even nodding off on a hot summer day and he happens to look up and see three men nearby. And what does he do? He leaps up and runs to meet them. I don't know about you, but when it's that hot out, I never move that fast. But Abraham leaps up and runs to meet them, and when he gets to them, he bows low to the ground before them. You know, a little over a month ago, I got up early in the morning to watch the coronation of of King Charles III, and as he walked past people during that whole ceremony, as he walked past, the men would do a curt little nod of the head, and the women would curtsy. I'm glad I don't have to curtsy. I'd end up sitting on the ground. But nobody knelt, much less planted their face on the ground But here's Abraham, very much a wealthy, powerful leader of a clan with hundreds, even a thousand members. He's a ruler in his own right, and here he is putting his face in the dust. Usually other people would bow to Abraham and give deference to him, but here he bows as to one far greater than himself. What in the world is going on? This is more than just welcoming a stranger or inviting someone to set a spell. Abraham senses some sort of greatness in these three men and he calls them not to pass by without stopping. Indeed, he's not just offering them hospitality, he begs them to allow him the privilege of serving them. Not just come set a spell, but allow me to wash your feet, the most basic service of hospitality. Allow me to bring a little bit of bread and something to drink. Please allow me to wait on you. I wonder how many of us today ever beg for the chance to serve. Or more through the point, how many of us plead for the opportunity to wait upon strangers? Day after tomorrow, vacation Bible school begins, and I think Amy Jo would have fainted dead away if last April she had been inundated by requests to please, oh please, let me help and work out. What would Peg do? Where's Peg? What would Peg do if there were dozens of people begging to help serve communion or to be crucifers and acolytes and ushers and greeters? (laughs) So is hospitality a core value here in our community? Do we seek to serve strangers? Not just when the opportunity shows up, but do we intentionally, on purpose, seek out ways to serve. Do we actually ever beg for the chance? Most of us are willing to welcome family and friends into, the, into our circle, but strangers? How do we do that anyway? Here we have the example of Abraham who really has no idea who these three guys are. Yet he ran to meet them. So we have the example of Abraham to follow as he and as we together seek to serve and offer hospitality to all. But is it just about serving and helping others? I want to commend to you a book by Danny Meyer. I'm sure you've heard Dr. Howell refer to it before. Danny Meyer is famous in the world of uh, restaurant management. He's the CEO of the Union Square Hospitality Group, which owns several high-end restaurants in New York. Meyer's mission is hospitality first, last, and always. And in his book called Setting the Table, he talks about the difference between hospitality and service. Service is what you do for someone. I would hold the door for you. Hospitality is how you make them feel in that moment. If I hold the door for you, am I frowning and grumbling like, come on, get in here? Or am I opening the door and saying, I'm really glad you're here. Come on in and sit with us. Hospitality is how you make people feel. In fact, it's his position, Myers' position, that how you make someone feel is actually more important than what you actually do for them. So when we think about how we're encouraged to serve here as members of Myers Park United Methodist Church, our minds often go first to the things that we need to make sure get done and get done right. In other words, we need to make sure we're good stewards of our resources, we need to make sure our programs are run in an orderly and welcoming way, and we need to be sure to offer assistance where where it's needed. And those are all good and responsible ways of serving, and we have rules and policies to help keep us on track doing that. But according to Danny Meyer, When we focus on those kinds of things, on rules and policies, we inadvertently become gatekeepers, focusing on what's acceptable and what's not, who belongs and who doesn't, who's welcome and who might not be. When our focus is on policies, not people, we can unintentionally end up sending subtle messages but when we focus on people, we function not as gatekeepers, but as agents, which means we work to make sure that the other person finds or gets whatever it is that they need. And we do it in a way that makes them feel welcome, valued, feeling like they belong. An excellent example is found in our own ushers. Imagine somebody arriving here to a big service like Easter or Christmas or All Saints and they're running a little late and it looks like there are no seats left here in the sanctuary. Our ushers don't just say, sorry, there's no room or sorry, we're full. They certainly don't say anything like, you should have gotten here earlier or you need to plan better next time. (laughs) No, they say, Things like, I don't know if there are any seats available, but let me help you find a place. Or, there aren't any seats here, but let me take you to a place where there is plenty of seating. Do you see the difference? Do you feel the difference? So, hospitality is all over the works of Abraham. He says, come, sit, rest we'll wash your feet, we'll bring you some food and drink. And the word he uses for bread means like like one piece of pita bread. But then he runs, there's that word again, he runs to the tent and he says to Sarah, quick, take three measures of flour, which is 25 pounds of flour. That makes a lot of bread. Take 25 pounds of the very finest flour and make bread. And then he runs out to the cattle pen and he chooses the finest one there and he tells the servant, get it on the grill, quickly. And then he takes curds and milk, which is kind of a a yogurt-y cream cheese spread to put on the bread, and he sets this enormous royal feast before the visitors a meal which is the very finest that he has to offer. And then he stands at attention, kind of like Carson at Downton Abbey. He stands there to make sure that these guests have whatever they need before they know that they need it. And neither Abraham nor Sarah cop an attitude about, well, we didn't have any notice that this was going to happen, or the house isn't clean, or I was in the middle of something else, or this is really inconvenient. They gladly serve their guests because it really is all about how you make the other person feel, not about what you're actually doing for them. When I was reading and preparing for today, I couldn't help but think about the hospitality that I myself have received over the years. Too many times to count. People have made me feel welcome, wanted, feel like I belonged. They were happy to see me. They went out of their way to include me. It didn't matter if I wasn't dressed right or if I was late or worse, if I was early. It didn't matter if I didn't know which fork to use or I was ignorant of any other rules of the house. No, I was welcome. I belonged. They were glad to see me. It's a wonderful feeling, true hospitality. And I wonder if that's because hospitality is, at its core, a work of mercy. Mercy like grace, is unearned and undeserved, so is true hospitality. Mercy is all about giving someone what they need, not what they deserve. So is hospitality. You and I have experienced in all kinds of ways the hospitality, the mercy of God, whether it's love or forgiveness or a sense of purpose or calling or welcome or inclusion, we have received from God over and over and over what we need, not what we deserve. And God doesn't cop an attitude about how much trouble he went to provide hospitality and welcome for us. Now, as that hymn sings, Freely, freely, you have received. Because God so loves the world. Because God so loves us. And because we have received, we are free to become agents of God's hospitality. We have received mercy so that we can become agents of God's mercy. We have been redeemed so that we can become agents of redemption in service to God. We have been loved, forgiven, included, welcomed so that we in turn may joyfully offer the fullness of God's hospitality to all, maybe even to the point that we might beg to be of service. Thanks be to God.
1: Let us go to God in prayer. Loving and gracious God, we gather on this Sunday to remember your goodness and rejoice in your faithfulness. Thank you for calling us your own and inviting us to partner with you to share your love with all your children. It is because you loved us first that we are able to love ourselves and share this love with others. May we always remember the truth. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. May we continue to widen the circle of our family. May we seek and welcome those displaced, disheartened, and disenfranchised. May our home, your home, here at Mars Park United Methodist Church, become a place of rest, healing, and renewal. Help us to be amongst those who include the excluded and bring in those who are marginalized, that when the opportunities come our way to be healers of divisions and hurt, to be peacemakers and restorers, we say yes that we go and do lord in your mercy hear our prayer we witness the violence sickness and death in our world transforming healing father help us to make the light shine in dark places to make peace known in violent places and to bring mercy to despondent places Almighty God, with your powerful arms, hold up your church and all of us here. We need to be renewed again and filled with your love. Reach inside us and open our hearts wide that we might give the full measure of our devotion. Revive us to go out and welcome the forgotten, heal the sick, speak the words of comfort and hope to the discouraged. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lift those who grieve and mourn this day. We especially lift up the family and friends of Keels Dixon and Mark Edwards as they grieve the loss of their loved ones. While we mourn, O oh God, we mourn with hope. We are also able to give thanks even in such a time as these because of the promises of your eternal presence Thank you for welcoming our loved ones into your eternal home. So trusting in your everlasting goodness, we pray the prayer that you taught your disciples to pray as we pray together. Our Father, who are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us for our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever amen Uh, friends as many of you may know starting this tuesday we are having our annual vacation bible school so grateful for our children's ministry team and all the volunteers will be welcoming over 200 young people in the midst of this worshiping space so that they may grow in love with God. It is through God's continuous goodness and our collective generosity that we're able to make ministries happen in the life of our church. For this we give thanks. Let us receive our morning tithes and thanksgiving. and gracious God, we offer a portion of that which you first given to us so that these gifts may be used to form your people, to share your good news, to welcome all those who hunger for your love. Thanks be to God. Amen.
0: my prayer for you this week, my prayer for all of us, is that we become agents of God's hospitality, offering his welcome to all whom we meet, and in so doing, we will find peace like a river and love like an ocean and joy like a fountain in our souls. Go now, in the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in the unending love of God the Father, and in the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit.